defy or align your relationships, do you call everybody your friend? Often we put people in the wrong categories and find ourselves disappointed and hurt because we do not properly place people. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of When Friends Wine Podcast. I am Rashida, your host, and I am joined by my bestie co-host, Tammy. Hi everyone. Well, ma'am, today's topic is going to ruffle some feathers for sure. Yeah, we, uh, this is, this is going to get deep. This is going to get deep. Woo, this is going to get heavy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So some of our listeners might want to take, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all might want to take a few sips before we dive into this one. But before we do, summer is coming. And what better time to chop it up with your favorite host? And we want to chop it up with y'all, our listeners. We are very, very, very excited about our upcoming wine tasting and launch event, July 15th at Hook Hall which is located at 3400 Georgia Avenue, Northwest, Washington, D.C. The event will be from four to seven. So um, this event is really just gonna be a time where you get to meet us, you get to uh, share a wine tasting. We're gonna be introducing a couple of wines that you'll be able to taste there. We'll have charcuterie boards that you can try, but there's also other you know, food, if you want to purchase other food items or other cocktails, they also have that available. We'll be introducing some of our merchandise um, that you'll be able to see on display. So if you haven't already, get your tickets and space is definitely limited. So don't wait. It's under the uh, tab wine of the week on the website if you want to get your tickets and it's just $25. So, Tammy, tell us about the wine. Tell us about the wine of the week. All right. So, today's wine is Ryer Vineyards Red Blend, California. Um, It's a fruit forward red blend filled with rich notes of raspberry, cherry, and dried herbs. The silky soft tannins, lush fruit, and a lingering dark chocolate note on the finish create a perfect balance. And it does. Um, The pairings are beef, lamb, and hard cheese. So the region is California, of course, and our alcohol content for this one is 13.5%. And a fun fact (laughs) about this wine, it actually is number 12 of the top wines of the summer. Mm. Definitely got to get you guys a bottle. You got to try it. So cheers. All right. So we're going to pour this up and let's get started. So. People, I don't want y'all to shy away from this one, but we're going to talk about relational intelligence, which is simply, it's just being smart about your relationships. I don't know about you, Tammy, but over the years I've been on this journey of self or personal development. Mm -hmm. And for the past two years, I've been under this mentoring program and it's basically helped me to identify some key aspects of being a, a whole person and working on every aspect of life. Because sometimes I feel like, you know, we we will get to work on one part, but we got to realize, you know, like we have to work on all parts of ourselves 
And so in, my mentor, he is a stickler and he believes that a person needs to be healthy in areas of spirituality, emotions, and um, relational intelligence. So absolutely. And so spiritual, you know, is your is your belief system and what you believe and how you tend to guide your life. What is your purpose on this earth? Like, what are your skills and your strengths on how to help you reach your, your actual purpose in life? And then on the emotional intelligence side, you have, how do you emote? Are you self-aware? Um, how do you, how, how do your emotions guide you? So I don't know if you've ever thought about where your emotions come from, but emotionally, emotions basically just stem from your thoughts and what stories you actually tell yourself. Yeah, that's interesting because um, I too have been, you know, on a personal development journey. I'll say the same thing. Um, it's funny because although that we, you know, we are besties, I didn't know you were, I knew you were, you know, doing things for growth and personal growth and stuff like that, but I didn't know that you were doing some of the exact same things that I'm doing. And so that really, I think that helps us to stay more in sync with each other. And that's how we balance our friendship as well. But I do know that um, emotions are just basically energy-based too. Um, I learned that like whatever energy you have and, you know, it's, it's emotional-based. Everything about your emotions are based off of energy. Like sometimes you can feel drained. Like sometimes you can feel happy, you know, I have a general adrenaline rush and things like that. So um, I, you know, when I feel happy, it's, it's because I, I think I'm, I'm free. I feel free. Like I feel free to, you know, be my true self. Um, things are flowing, you know, and, and not to say that everything's going great in my life, but even things that aren't going well, it's just like, I have a free flowing spirit about myself. Like I, I know that, you know, I try to look at everything in a positive light. When I feel sad, it's because usually I've allowed something negative to infiltrate my emotions. Um, and sometimes, you know, you can't control everything. I can only control myself. I can't control any outside sources other than myself. But um, that's usually when I think I feel, when I know I feel sad is when I allow something to make me feel an, in a negative emotion. That's what it is. So emotional intelligence is just how, like you said, how do I guide my emotions in a healthy way? Okay. Yeah, exactly. So today we named our topic, sorry. Mm -mm. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> they are not your friend. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know about y'all, but you know, I feel like people just use the friend word way, way, way too, too loosely. I agree. Yes, 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 I agree. So when mm -hmm. you think about people in your life, do you kind of feel like you have to put them in, in a certain place that they should have placements? Oh, yeah, I, I have to. Um as I've gone through things in my life, I've been able to clearly see who belongs in what category. And to be honest, truthfully, I'm still analyzing it. Like I'm still analyzing people in my space, um, trying to figure out where they fit because everybody is not fit to be in that category. Right, right. So uh, listeners, uh, we actually uh, have a book that we actually kind of will guide our conversation surrounding in this book. I read and I actually did a, a, a book 
club surrounding this book as well. So it's very, very interesting to hear other perspectives on the topic. And so we're going to dive in today on this topic. And after we're done, we really want to hear feedback about what you all think and your perspective. So the book is called Relational Intelligence, and it is by Dr. Darius Daniels. And in the book, it actually talks about how to define and align your relationships. And so it, in the book, it's, it bases friendships in four categories. And those categories are your friends and family, your associates, assignments, and advisors. So let's define these categories. First, what do you um, think each of these categories represent to you? Okay, so I'll say, I believe a friend, we're talking about the friend category. I believe a friend is a person that's authentic with you, who you can tell, who they can tell you when you're right or wrong, who doesn't judge and who's supportive. And also they have to be fun. Um, I don't have unfun friends. Like I don't hang around people that are not fun. So that's a friend to me. An associate is a person who you're cordial with. And on occasion, you you might engage in social activities. Um, an assignment could be, it's just what it says, a person who you may have have shared a task with, um, maybe even relate that to like a coworker. Um, and I would think an advisor is a person who gives advice on a specific topic that could be professional purposes or maybe even like a therapist. Okay. So you, you know, like you're trending in the right direction. I'm, I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot. <laughs> you're getting hot. You're trending. <laughs> you, you made some some good points. Okay, you made okay, some good points. Okay, okay. So I just, you know, define according to the book what, you know, like what he felt was the representation or definition of these particular categories. So, of course, um, so the friends and family is kind of like he put in the same category. Mm -hmm. And I think he put those in the same category because these are people who you do life with. And mm. so these are people who know like the intimate details of your life. Mm -hmm. So when you think about a friend, you think about somebody who you feel like you can be detailed about certain things in your life. And for me, if I feel like I can't trust you enough to mm -hmm. tell you like the, the very details of my life, then you're not a friend. So, you know, so I think it has to do with that, um, that level of trust, that level of openness and vulnerability that you can actually have with someone. And so when you move into that associate space, that associate space can't, it can teeter on, you know, like that family friend, but it's not a friend. You know what I'm saying? It's somebody that can appear to be a friend and they might think that they're a friend, but they're really, they're really not a friend. It's just somebody who you associate with. So you can have things in common. You can mm -hmm. spend time with this person. It could be a coworker, but it's somebody that, I mean, like associates, you can even talk to every day. Mm, but that's interesting. Yeah, okay. You can actually talk to them every day. You could actually go to lunch. You can go to dinner, do things with, because y'all have things in common, but they don't know the intricate details of your life. You're not doing life with them. If, you know, like 
when you have something going on, they're not going to be the first person that you call. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Okay. So, so that's that, that associate space. And then you have the assignment space. So these are people that you're actually assigned to. And I don't know if you ever heard that saying um, that people are in your life for a reason, season, or a lifetime. Right? Yes, 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 yes. Right. So, you know, when you think about that lifetime space, that's your friend and family. Those people are going to be around for a lifetime, you know, and associates, you know, like they're going to come in and out, possibly could be in your life for a life, lifetime, but, you know, they're not going to, you know, like I said, know the intricate details or you're not going to do life with them. Right. And then those assignments, those are seasonal. They can be, you know, like you're assigned, it's for a reason. Okay. You know, okay. So when you talk about somebody being in your life for a reason, it's what can I give to a person? And it's it's distinguished by the amount of access, the amount of access that you mm. actually give that person. So in assignments, the difference between an assignment and an advisor, when you're when somebody is an assignment, you don't expect anything. You have no expectations of that person. You're in their life for the capacity to give. And that's it. Okay. Can I just stop you mm -hmm. for a minute? Ask your question. So if an assignment is in your life for you to be able to give to them, is it not that they are giving you anything? Like, are you just, they just on the receiving end is what you're saying. Yep. They're just on the receiving end. So but isn't it, that... That's I, I just think that's really strange. It's it's interesting because okay, if someone's in your lot in your life for you to be an assignment to them, is it that they're your you're, you're serving your like you're you're okay you're serving or in their life for a season? There's also teaching you something, right? Are you learning or gaining anything from being in their life? So according to this book, you you. They're in your life strictly for you to give. So like you're mm. strictly in service to this person when you think about an assignment. So you can't set Well, how long can an assignment last? Lord. It could last however long. That's why I said when you talk <laughs> about a reason, you're in their life for a reason. So it could be something like um, maybe you had somebody in your, in your life, like maybe if, uh, let me just give an example. So I have a nonprofit, right? And so I'm I'm supporting women. So okay. I'm giving of myself in a certain way, you know, to them. I have no expect expectations to get anything back from them. Okay. Okay. Because I'm in service at this point to them. So I look at at that as this is my assignment. Mm -hmm. So that's what that purpose is, and that's the category. And you don't get your feelings hurt because you're not going in you know, expecting anything. You know what I mean? If you place people in the assignment category when you're assigned to them to do something for them and you have an expectation of them, then no, you're 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 setting yourself up. Okay. Much. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay, it makes sense. Okay, got it. Yeah. And then the last one is an advisor. So these are the people that pour into you. So I don't know if you've ever had like a like a mentor, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. So on you're on the receiving end of this. And a lot of people have trouble being, you know, advised or have someone pouring into them. And when that person that's 
acting as an advisor to them, like, you know, like you don't have to give anything back. Right, right. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah, I definitely understand. Yeah. So those are the um those are the four categories that were actually defined in in that book. And so it's it actually has a, had an exercise where you could actually write down, you know, people that you have in your space and you really like kind of measure them up to these different these different categories and it allows you to define them and then it also allows who gets access to you because everybody doesn't deserve the same access. Like the access that you give your friends are not going to be the access that you give an assignment or an advice. Mm. You know what I mean? True, true, true. So it's it's about setting healthy boundaries for yourself and being able to manage your expectations as well so that you don't find yourself in situations where, you know, you're having unfair expectations of people because you got them in the wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> in the wrong category. Mm, okay. Dropping so, them gems, girl. Okay. <laughs> so properly placing people. So let's talk about uh an example um in the media where relationship intelligence, I feel, was not <laughs> was not <laughs> exercised. So Many of you may have, you may know the play, the NBA player, John Morant. And for those who don't, John Morant is 23 years old. He's an NBA player who's been in the media pretty much for making poor decisions in his use of social media. Um, he had a couple of other incidents where he was um, just doing things that weren't um, seen as appropriate for someone who is supposed to be acting in the capacity of a role model for children and a team supposed to be, you know, like the team brand. Mm-hmm. And so the NBA has reprimanded him, reprimanded him. And he actually is, you know, he did it again. He had one incident and then he did it again. But in this second incident, um, he was riding in a car with his friends and they were listening to music. And then his friend, um, I'm using that loosely, his friend, his childhood friend started to um, record him on an Instagram live. Without him knowing? So he was there and he knew. Okay. But at the same time, I don't know all of the details, whether he was intoxicated, whether he was what, you know, what was happening. But the fact that his friend, I'm using that lightly, decided it was a good idea for him to start recording him after what he had already did. I think this is definitely a good example of not properly placing someone. I would have to say here, bruh, (laughs) (laughs) he is not your friend. Yeah. (laughs) In no way should you... You know, it's just someone you call your friend be reckless with your livelihood, nor your career, and not to take responsibility off of him. But this is this is a classic example of people pleasing and just not being smart. Your friends will most of the time show you who they are when things get tough, or they'll show you who they are 
when you get elevated in certain areas of your life, if these are your friends, we're putting quotation marks around them, like Rashida said. Um, so it's it 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 encourages you to like take a step back and really look at who, like like she said, who you allow to have access to you and who you're labeling as friends. Cause you can have 500 Facebook friends. Nobody has that many friends anyway. And I guarantee you only about 10 of them, you really communicate with, or you really consider friends. So it's just like, who are you allowing, like she said, to have access to you in your personal space? Although social media is not, it is your personal space, but it's not, it just depends on how much you share on there. But I, I, I'm, I wouldn't have, that many people that allow have I would have to allow access to my per private life, like my pictures and things like that. Like that's just me personally. So yeah. <laughs> so what do you think? Yeah, that's a good that's a good segue. Like I think you know, like social media has created this things and they call they call who have you friend? How you or feel unfriended. like or unfriended? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I mean. I think they have created this thing where, you know, like anybody who can see what you're doing is your friend and you really depend on their, you approval. know, like yeah, their approval and what they think. And that's really just not a healthy space to be in. And so, you know, he found himself young mm -hmm. and, you know, like initially when this first incident happened, I was like trying to give him as much grace as possible because, you know, like I'm figuring he's young, he's entering into this career. Mm -hmm. It could be a lot of pressure. And I think, you know, like even with, you know, your friends that you grew up with now, you know, they're seeing you in this light and they want some of the lamb light. They want some of the attention as well. Right. But it's like, are you, your friends need to be responsible too. You know, not taking the onus off of him because he needs to be responsible. But the people that you have around in your circle absolutely have to be just as responsible because you're not going to always maybe get it right. But at least if you have somebody in your corner that you know, you know, that they see what's on the line and they're going to mm -hmm. tell you the truth and they're going to protect you and do the things that that need to be done. I think that's what you know, like being a true friend is versus it is. it's all about this showtime. Right. And the, the five minutes of fame or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Or exactly. he's right. They riding on his tailcoats. I mean, or, or either they either doing one or two things, riding on his tailcoats or they're trying to exploit him and ruin or sabotage what he's worked hard for. And he's too, uh, too blind to see it i'm not gonna say ignorant he's too blind to see it because maybe like you said it's the the thing of he grew up with them or whatever mm -hmm. and being afraid to disappoint and so that that also is about being able to set those healthy boundaries you know and i'm learning you know like you gotta be able to say no the yeah. power of no is so so powerful mm -hmm. and not being worried about what other people think you know, and your people that love you and the people who care about you are going to understand your no. They right. definitely, they definitely will. So, you know, like in that, I'm teaching my son, you know, about the company that he keeps and a lot of your friendships. Like he'll, he's very good about, you know, talking to me about things. And we definitely talk about, I ask him questions. I'm trying to tell you who to be friends with, but 
you know, like I'll point out certain things like, is that somebody who you want to be in your space? You know, he is, you know, he plays basketball. And so, you know, like we talk a lot about focus and if these people aren't trying to get good grades and doing what they're supposed to be, are these people that you really want in your space? Because you definitely have to be careful with the company you keep. Mm-hmm. And that's good that, um, you know, even at his age, like, you know, he's going to be 11. So that's a, a good age for him to start really seeing and understanding the level of friendships. Because, you know, of course, when you're six and, you know, you, you're just playing. But like you said, he's at that age now where you really can start to have him just kind of take a step back and say, you know, OK, yeah, maybe this person really is not my friend because this is the time he's going getting ready to go through that preteen stage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He should definitely be <laughs> paying attention to that. Do so this is your kids, you know, like yeah, like I have to. I mean, you know, like you said, especially boys, of course. So, you know, um, my oldest, he's 14. So I have to, you know, make sure I certain things I have to talk to him about, you know, like these get these boys, you know. Some of the things that these boys are into, he's not into and vice versa and things like that. So I have to teach them like, you know, please be careful of who you, you know, share your space with because you don't want them pulling you down the wrong path. You do not want that. And this is where, well, this is a way that we think you or, you know, our listeners can start to align your relationships. Like ask key questions, pay attention to how you feel around people. Do you feel happy? Do you feel drained? Um, you know, are they adding life, adding value to your life or are they subtracting? Yeah, you definitely. I I want to make sure that, you know, I'm always managing, you know, those those things and asking those key questions, but also managing my expectations, too, because, mm -hmm. you know, failed expectations will leave you disappointed and leave you hurt, leave you damaged, leave you in trouble, getting you into things right. that you know, that sometimes you don't even see coming. So, mm -hmm. you know, like you, when we define in these relationships, you can't expect the same levels and the same, have the same expectations of people that are associates, people that are assignments, and even sometimes with family members, you know, like you have to manage your expectations of people and don't always feel like, because I call you my family, that you're supposed to do A, B, and C. Um, an example that I learned also, um, my pastor said this, is it's like determining whether a person is having a bad day or do they have bad character, you know? <laughs> you know, and he used the example of um, Jesus and then he used Peter and Judas. And so how <laughs> Peter denied him three times and, you know, Judas sold him out for money. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So he's looking at Peter as, you know, yeah, you had a bad day. But Judas, you know, like you had bad you character. You had bad character. And got, <laughs> right. And you got yeah. me killed. So it's being able to determine that. It's being able to determine is these people around me like, are they going through something, you know, in this season and they just acting out or whatever like that? Or, you know, like, is it repetitive? Like, do I feel drained? Am I not at my best self when I'm around certain people? You know what I mean? And yeah, I think it's really, really key that we um that we know 
and determine those things for ourselves and how much access we give to to people too. Like you can put boundaries of time. Like mm. there's some people <laughs> that you can, you know, like you can be around somebody for uh, maybe a few hours and then you're like, okay, that's enough. Yes. You know, yes. you don't have to give people access to you. It's just mm -mm. not, um, don't be afraid to just say no. When you don't want to do something, if something doesn't serve you or feel good to you, understand that you can say no. Right. So y'all need to start thinking about how many Peters y'all got in your life <laughs> and how many Judases you got in your life. <laughs> Exactly. Like all of Judas. <laughs> Judas. And we all have encountered those people at some point in our life. So what about new friends in our stage of life? Like, you know, later in life meeting new friends. Um, I know I used to always say, <laughs> well, I, I met a friend later in life, and I already said a long time ago that I wasn't open to any more new friendships. Um, coming from experiences of drama, I just didn't need it in my life. And I was good with my small circle. So I was really, like you said, I, I was open to, you know, having associates around me, but I really just kind of closed myself off to having new friends. But um, when we met, we just instantly clicked and they gave me like this feeling of security, like you talk about and trusting them. And not only do, you know, did we have shared interests, but we we always have a good time. We had a good time. So sometimes you can find friendship later in life and God knows what you need for the most part. Like he will tell you who should stay and who should go. And people who, you know, people aren't always meant to stay around forever. Like Rashida said earlier, they're there for seasons. And it's also to teach you something like every relationship has some type of lesson in it, you know, for you and whether it's good or bad. So you just have to just really grow from that. Mm -hmm. I definitely uh, agree with that. And I also um, believe that, you know, there are categories of relationships and they can shift, you know, like a person that may, you know, like you call friend today, they can move into an associate space. Mm -hmm. Or they can move into an assignment space. So don't be afraid to shift people around, you know, when appropriate. Because, you know, as you evolve in life and, you know, Tammy can attest to this, like there are people who, you know, like you could very well share your life with and they may do something out of, you know, bad character and start exhibiting characteristics that don't serve you in your in your mm -hmm. space of growth. And so it's okay to be able to start shifting people and saying, yeah, you don't, you're not going where I'm trying to go or, you know, and it's not to look down on them. It's not to make them feel bad. It's none of that. It's about, you know, surely growing in life, you know, reaching your purpose, having a vision for your space and for the people and things that you want in your life. Yeah, I agree. So let me ask you one more question. Do you feel like when you change your categories in the relationships, like when you when somebody moves from a friend to an associate, you know, um, do you feel like it's necessary to share that? Or do you feel like the person will kind of just know where they fit? I think it just depends. I think 
you know, for people maybe that you feel are important enough to have that conversation with. And, you know, it's okay to have that conversation. And it's funny that you said that because also in that book, it gives you like conversations to have with people. Mm, okay. It share um, like different conversations of ending relationships and how to do that uh, because of whatever might have happened. And it's time for you to exit. So, but, you know me, I just cut people off. Like, I, 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 that's not good. And that's what I'm just saying. I'm asking you, when you said they give you ways of cut. I'm the type, I just cut you off. I don't want to talk to you no more. You'll feel when I don't want to be around you anymore. I start distancing myself slowly. Like the signs are there. And sometimes the signs are there and people just don't pay attention. I think they refuse to, they just ignore it. So I, I know there are uh, is a healthier way to do that. So I'm going to have to get that book <laughs> because- mm -hmm. Um, I need to know how to cut somebody off in a nice way instead of being nicety. <laughs> like nice I do need to abrupt. Yeah, like, yeah, I, like abruptly I don't answer off. calls no more. You're blocked or, you know, like that's type of thing. Now, if somebody I think has done you wrong, that might be the proper way to do it. But I still think even in that way, it doesn't bring you closure. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if you just cut somebody off, because you still got to deal with all that emotional stuff after that. Yeah, like so I, I say, I think if it's it just depends on the relationship because there are certain relationships where I found myself moving away mm -hmm. and then they just dissolve. And then there are times where I literally like had to have conversations. And I think for me, you know, like I was staying in situations way too long, way too right. long friendships that I thought were friend people that I thought were my friends. And it's like I when somebody show you who they are, like, believe. Rashida, believe. Please. Believe. <laughs> but I always, you know, like, what, I'm a person that want to extend grace and, you know, not, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe. Me so too. it's that, yeah. you know, it's that determinant factor. Like, does this person have bad character or is this person having a bad day? Like, are they going through something right now? Because you can move yourself out of people's space for a season and maybe revisit. Mm -hmm. um, but the minute that you start see those same characteristics mm -hmm. and same behaviors, you can exit quickly. Yeah. You know, you can exit quickly. But I think, you know, like at a time when you see that somebody is doing the same exact thing over and over or exhibiting the same characteristics, the same behavior, like it's time to to say, look, you're not my friend, and I definitely can't, you know, continue in this in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's um. a wrap. <laughs> okay, so um, what did you think about the wine? Ah. Uh, this wine here, it's a red blend. It's okay. It's it's okay. I think um I'm gonna give it a three. They That's said, funny. <laughs> they said it's you know supposed to be like the top summer wine, but you know I'm like who's tasting it? Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm agreeing with you a hundred percent. I I would give it a three. It, it would not be my choice for the summer. Um, it's 
it's it's a little dry. It's a little dry. Um, like you said, I, I'm I like red blends too, but this one right here, no, I'm gonna give it a three. I'll give it a three. Give it a three. Yeah. All right. Well, we have dived in a little bit on relational intelligence. We hope that you know you heard something in this podcast that might you know have helped you or helped you view you know your relationships in a different way and this concludes our episode for this week we hope you will join us next week same time same place sunday 6 p.m everywhere you podcast and make sure to leave your comments about the episode like and share if you think these episodes are helpful please share them please we want to impact as many people as possible all right y'all until next week cheers peeps cheers i don't need you here to feel good no i'm not angry i got better things to do tell your friends i will be just fine don't need